Hello my loves, I'm Carly Deering and this is Tea with Kings and Queens, the podcast where I chat to the most exciting performers from the world of drag, burlesque and cabaret. This episode I'm talking to fabulous boylesca, podcaster and host with the absolute most, Lox LaRue. Lox is a member of Birmingham's House of Allure and is creator of the podcast Lox LaRue's Locker Room, which explores toxic masculinity, as well as hosting the Instagram chat show for creatives, The Wallflower Express. Today we talk about these fantastic projects, body confidence and developing a boylesque persona. Enjoy! Today I'm mega excited to be speaking to the phenomenal House of Allures, boylesca and host, fighting toxic masculinity every glamorous step of the way. It's Lox LaRue! Hi. Hello. Hi. Thank you for that lovely introduction. <laughs> oh, anytime. It's so great to speak to you. We've been chatting for a long time outside of proper Zoom world. So it's nice to chat to you officially and get it all on record. So how are you? I'm good, thank you. You, yeah. And like yourself, it's nice to finally um, talk face to face and see your lovely hair in person. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's so big today it's got ridiculous <laughs> it's, it's lovely huge. I love the colour too <laughs> oh thank you it's been a chore to keep it up during lockdown I have to say yeah I'm looking forward to getting um, mine cut soon because obviously with the new announcement and stuff fingers crossed I know that's not the main priority but I guess because my name is Lox LaRue so after yes. hair Lox hair is important <laughs> it's, it's little things though isn't it that feels hopeful I was going to ask you how you were doing coping with everything because we're still in lockdown three but we've just heard about the possible easing of restrictions so we've got a few dates in the diary which is kind of nice isn't it yeah I don't know about you but it's kind of like a mixed mixed feelings for me because it's kind of like a sort of I don't like being in this stale state of not knowing what's going on but then at the same time I struggle with like change and sort of dealing with different changes every so often so it's kind of like it's good that there's good news but at the same time it's kind of like oh I need to adjust now again and if that makes sense. I totally agree I was surprised at how anxious I felt of the thought of everything opening up again it was really strange um, I just you just get used to things as they are at the moment, I suppose. But I'm excited too, so I guess we'll we'll have to all get through it together, won't we? Yeah, yes, but we will. <laughs> what have your sort of coping mechanisms been over the last year? Um, well, I think mainly, I guess most people will say TV, <laughs> TV, because um, with today, I know they've, I don't know if you've got Disney Plus, but they've sort of released like a whole lot of new stuff on Disney Plus. Um, so I've been kind of like being a nerd and being like, oh, what can I watch? And sort of like TV has been a lot for me. Um, but funnily enough, um, during the first lockdown, I sort of, to help me and to help others, I did like this um, creative chat show. Um, I know we might speak about that a bit later, but um, that sort of helped me keep busy and stuff during the first lockdown. Um, so, yeah. Well, let's talk about it now then. So this is the fantastic Wallflower Express. Tell me a bit more about it. Yeah, so um, the Wallflower Express, I'm sure you've seen on Instagram. Um, basically, it started off as like open mic nights. Um, so that's just um, I know it's called open mic night so that's usually just poetry and stuff like that but I wanted to do more of like loads of different acts like poetry singing dance whatever people want to do really um, so it started off like that me and friends sort of ran it together and we um, sort of we were at university first so we sort of did it through like a society a writing society and then it sort of developed into sort of like 
the Wallflower Express, we kind of like that name. Um, and then um, from the open mic nights, um, we did it at Cherry Reds. Um, I don't know if you've been to Cherry Reds. Um, it's really nice there. Cherry Reds. Yeah, you, you need to go. It's really nice. Um, it's sort of like a hipster sort of cafe, cafe shop and it's got like a upstairs part with like a stage and everything. So it's really nice. Um, so I, I kind of thought, what could we do with it while um, lockdown's going on? So I sort of set up like a creative chat show. Um, funnily enough, I was first inspired by um, Miley Cyrus. She did like um, an, she did like a creative chat show. I don't know if you saw called Bright Minded, where she had different um, special guests on that. Um, so I sort of was inspired by her, and then I sort of thought, how could I sort of do something like this? So um, I thought I've got the contacts from the Wallflower Express, like other creative performers and stuff. So like, why not speak to them a bit? How they're coping with lockdown. And then it sort of developed into sort of finding a bit more out about them, um, like about their creativity and giving tips to other people. Um, so, yeah, that, that was really fun. <laughs> it was so nice and it was so refreshing as well. And there was so much creativity in lockdown one, wasn't there? I think everyone was just inspired to go out and do something a bit new. What made you choose the name Wallflower Express? Um, yeah, so with the Wallflower, I think... Um, I was I'm just going to say I'm going to keep being inspired by everyone basically but I mm. was inspired by the I don't know if you've seen the book or heard of the film The Wallflower Perks of Being a Wallflower um so obviously I loved that that book and then um sort of the meaning behind like a wallflower and stuff um and it sort of originates a bit further back like at school and stuff I always felt a bit like a wallflower not fitting in um and I sort of thought yeah let's go with that name then and also let's just try and um celebrate people who may be a bit more shine sort of newer performers um so it sort of came about around that if that kind of makes sense yeah I, I loved it for that reason because it, you were talking to kind of different types of personalities that you wouldn't necessarily expect um because obviously when you see people performing you think oh they must be so full of confidence and that's one thing I've learned doing this podcast too that actually behind that there's often somebody who's quite shy or working on their confidence. So what was it for you that made you start performing then or made you start to be the person that could now do a chat show on Instagram? Where did you get that confidence from? Yeah, so um, I think um, if we trace it back a bit, when I was younger, um, my mum sort of encouraged me to sort of do performing arts and stuff because I was really interested in that. So I think having a lot of training in a performing arts background, like I went to stagecoach and sort of different performing arts schools like that. Um, so that really helped my confidence. Um, and at school, I was always trying to join like um, performing arts based activities like the choir and, you know, performing arts groups. And I took it for GCSE. So I've always been quite theatrical. Um, both creatively and probably <laughs> as a bit of a drama queen <laughs> um, um, so yeah um, so it's sort of that's sort of a bit of a background and then I sort of really started to flourish I think when um, I joined BC Burlesque Society um, so I think you've, you've obviously spoke to Dominus yeah. um, he co-founded that so that sort of um, helped me sort of develop my confidence even further and learn some new dance skills um, and stuff like that um, so that that that's it really just a mixture of things and then obviously um, I joined House of the Law so yeah it's from there really. <laughs> what drew you to burlesque in the first place? What drew me to burlesque? Um, I, I, 
well I remember um being at the welcome fair and thinking seeing this society obviously Dominus was there with a few other members and I thought oh this this looks interesting um because I was part of the LGBT society at the time as well so I was thinking oh let's take up like a dancing hobby and I just went in it went into it with a completely open mind um and I was thinking, oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like, I went to um, my first dance class in, like, tracksuit bottoms and everything. I wouldn't do that now. Not saying there's a problem, but I'd be a bit more extra now. Um, <laughs> well, what but... do you wear now? <laughs> um, well, I've been doing the online classes with um, Dominus from Vexo, and I, I, I probably shouldn't have said I'd be extra now because I'm at home and no one can see me. I just wear, <laughs> like, a mix, a mixed match of different colours. So it depends, like, from at home I still am extra but none of the colours match if that makes sense <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so I normally wear like um bright coloured stockings or stuff like that um and like obviously really short shorts and obviously if we're required to have like a feather boa or like some sort of shawl I wear that but if, if I am in class I will maybe try and make a bit more effort if people can see me that's nice that's nice so you just that was the first time you done burlesque then when you just start, when you joined the society and had a go yeah that was the first time I, I properly started it I'd, I'd seen it a bit before and um, like my mum was part of the scene like my mum used to perform um and she used to be part of like dragon cabaret shows so obviously I used to get to see that like I wasn't I didn't do it myself but I used to get to see that um and then obviously I that's when I first did it with the society and stuff like that wow fantastic so what did your mum do as a performer um well she she used to be a drag drag artist um and sort of cabaret and spoken where she sort of mixed it all together she did like her own shows and stuff like that and she does more um charity work now and um sort of sort of spoken word stuff but she used to be more performance based and then in her show she'd have like um cabaret and burlesque artists so that's the first time I saw it so yeah I was sort of, that sort of helped as well Wow. So do you talk about your performances now and does she give you tips and things? Yeah, she, yeah, she's come to all the shows, like she's been in the front row and stuff like that. So she's used to host as well. Um, so, yeah, she's she sort of giving me tips, um, which is really good. That's terrific. So well, tell us about Locks then. Where did Locks come from? Where did the name come from and the character? Because it's quite a cheeky kind of character there when you're on stage. Um, yeah, so um, with Locks, um, talking about BC Burlesque again, we did like a naming social where we all sort of um, just come up with our burlesque names and stuff like that. So um, Dominus came up with the idea, oh, how about Locks within your hair? Like, because obviously uh, that my hair, I know people can't see now, but you can. It's like one of my main features that I like about myself. Um, so I thought, yeah, let's do that. Let's call me Locks. And then I thought I'd add LaRue on the end to sort of be a bit more... Um, cheeky and sort of flirtatious um, so and from there I've sort of been developing what I want the character to be um, you know like with the House of the Law shows like when I've I've tried out different acts and different characters um, and obviously it started out with me just being this pink um, feathers and balloons and stuff Lux LaRue but I've sort of tried to develop um, it a bit more and explore different sides of what Lux could be as I've gone on as a performer. I was really thrilled to see all your comedy performances that you did uh, for digital shows um, particularly your Velma um, from Scooby-Doo which is fantastic was that for Cyberglam? Yeah that's right. <laughs> but I know that's one that you do perform on stage but what was it like transferring that from kind of the stage to digital? 
well it, it was quite interesting um, I'm obviously you know from seeing it because um it was like at first I was thinking what could I do for like an online um act that's sort of pre-recorded because I've, I've done a few zoom shows before like um with quarantine you might have heard of it mm. um so that's where it first started um so zoom was a bit not easier but in terms of like if I already had a pre-existing act so I could just perform that and adapt it but with pre-recorded I was struggling of what to do because um if I'm just in the same flat the settings aren't that interesting so I had to sort of try and get a bit creative so I sort of developed a pre-existing act Valma and then it was really fun because um I sort of tried to add comedy elements to it just being around the house like um there was like a shower scene which is just like (laughs) This, it was just like that was fun to film um and you know just getting dressed and just being silly like that so I did I did struggle at first if I'm honest um with coming up with an idea because it's adapting but I did think I just tried to go with it just you know see what I come up with like the comedy elements and stuff like that <laughs> oh I think it's fantastic is it still on your Instagram um I haven't uploaded it yet but I have got a copy I'm planning on uploading it soon I think oh great um, it's, it's fantastic yeah. so you said you sort of started as more of like a traditional burlesque performance but you're sort of weaving more comedy into it now um what's it been like developing that character how have you found what you enjoy doing where do you get inspiration from to change your character of locks okay I did have a think about this actually before um our interview just in case um you asked um so um yeah I've I've got quite a lot of comedy inspirations but I'll try to make the list quite short because I know um I don't oh no let's just chat um so um if we draw it back a bit I will I would say Robin Williams has been a good inspiration like Mrs Doubtfire you know like the dragon stuff like that sort of like the comedy because um with sort of drag and stuff like that and comedy I kind of like that sort of style for me personally um so there's like that and then there's obviously Frank and Furter from Rocky yeah. Horror so you know there's sort of like camp comedy characters um and then in terms of like burlesque I would say um I first my one of my first shows I went to um was the Gilded Murky and I don't know if you've heard of it yes yeah yeah, so I've seen quite a few performers there. They're all amazing. Um, so I saw um, Dave the Bear. Um, I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so amazing boylesque performer. Um, so that he was one of the first boylesque performers I saw probably live and, and, and someone who looks a bit like me, actually, like um, same, you know, body shape and sort of body hair and stuff. So I was thinking, I think it's great when you see someone else who sort of resonates with you a bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know it's the art form celebrates different but there's something sort of from a personal level if that makes sense um so yeah so I saw that and then I saw stage door Johnny as well there um and obviously stage door Johnny was hosting and doing a bit of singing and sort of comedy and stuff like that so I've sort of I've taken a lot of inspiration from loads of just that sort of answer your question I could go on but I think that's my main inspirations (laughs) I I was going to ask you now whether you think do we need the term boylesque anymore? Could we just say burlesque and have it more as a an inclusive term? Yeah, because I was I've been because um, over lockdown I've been researching more about like boylesque and burlesque and sort of the roots and all that. So I've been finding out more as I go along. Um, and yeah, I think um, I kind of use both terms really, but I guess I can see where you're coming from. I think boylesque. I think it kind of 
when I use it, I think it's because I use mine to sort of parody masculinity, mm. um, my sort of acts. So I think I kind of like the term boy, but I think I think I can see see what you mean. Yeah. I suppose um, I wondered if you feel like attitudes around boylesque have changed because certainly when I first started seeing it, I mean, what it was like 10 years ago now when I started seeing burlesque and the boylesquers were always in the minority, you know, it was really new and it was like, oh, you know, it would cause a bit of a, a stir in the audience. Which Yeah, absolutely. I think um, from a queer angle as well, I sort of like to mix sort of the, the queerlesque and the boylesque together um, while also celebrating like the original burlesque. Um, and I think, like I was saying a bit about when I saw Dave the Bear, that's re- that sort of said to me, oh, there's other people out there who who look this way and stuff like that. So I could potentially celebrate, you know, my style as well. Um, I think at first I kind of felt, oh, I'm not sure if I'll be able to do burlesque because um, I'm, I'm hairy, I'm not shaved and I'm not um, slim and stuff like that. Um, so does this mean I'm not, no one said this to me, but my sort of inner critic sort of said to me, oh, I don't think you'll be able to do burlesque and stuff like that. Um, But as I've sort of got to know a bit more about the burlesque community and seen different performers and I've realised that it's really accepting and sort of, it's sort of, with boylesque, it can be sort of people's own interpretations. There's no, because I was looking for definitions actually of boylesque and there's not really, it said there's not really one definition. It's sort of, of what it is. It's sort of like what you, what the performer interprets it to be, how they want it to be. Um, for them so I think that sort of helped me to sort of think oh okay I've sort of I can do it from my own angle especially in terms of the toxic masculinity angle which I'm trying to go down because it's something I'm passionate about if that makes sense yeah I mean we'll talk about your podcast in a minute but one of the things I love hearing you talk about on there is your concept of like sexiness it's the kind of an, a reoccurring theme and that sexiness is obviously subjective but it's something that we forget all the time you know it's not just what is fed to us through the media and I think you were saying that you sort of are exploring your own sexiness sometimes through the comedy element of your boylesque and has that made you feel differently about yourself a sort of a self-acceptance kind of journey I suppose yeah definitely I think um because um yeah if my boylesque is a bit like a parody of like masculinity um I sort of want to try and move on to celebrating masculinity as well so kind of merging the two I think I'm at the stage where it's just at the parody stage at the minute but I'd like to move on to celebrating my own idea of masculinity as well in future acts but in terms of the comedy I think that's that's really helped because with my um Valma act um obviously um that they're quite a nerdy character or how I portray it um and obviously they're wearing like really bright colours that one wouldn't associate with sexiness their hair isn't exactly what people would associate with sexiness um and it's sort of mixing that androgynous um style up which I do a lot in my performances as you probably can tell like with having um you know because with having hairy legs and you know um wearing sort of like a skirt and stuff it's kind of a bit unconventional um to mainstream so it's kind of like I kind of use the androgyny as sort of a parody as well but sort of in a way that's not like saying if you look this way that means it's funny it's sort of um taking the power back if that makes sense and thinking yeah I can be sexy and funny if that makes sense yeah definitely I loved what um Carrot said um when you spoke to them I think it was in the context of drag but I think it's applicable sort of to any performance really that it it forces you kind of drag or burlesque forces you to really look at your own body and that really resonated with me because I think generally if if you're 
body isn't seen as perfect by you know mass media or whatever you you're sort of encouraged to ignore it whereas if you do any kind of dance burlesque drag you are you have to confront your own shape and your own body and I think it's it's a really positive thing to do and that's why I've been doing all sorts of classes over lockdown like burlesque and dance and all sorts I was like why is this making me feel so good about myself it's not necessarily the burlesque but I think it's that process you actually have to acknowledge your physical form probably for the first time ever and then kind of go with it and it's been really positive yeah absolutely I agree I'm, I'm glad that you've been able to do that because with me as well um I, I kind of use mine for personal reasons like to sort of um, explore my different sides of masculinity and feeling body confident as well, which I've sort of, Burlesque has been quite a good channel and platform to do that as well. And hopefully I'll be able to inspire other people in the future. Um, because, yeah, I feel like, especially in the media and stuff with, um, you know, different male body types and sort of, there's, it's sort of like there's two sort of ways you can go. There's like male, there's like masculinity sort of from a straight male angle but also from a queer angle because it's kind of a bit different in that way mm. um because there's sort of more pressures sort of from a gay male body image as well which I think I, I spoke to someone about on the podcast I think I can't remember who it was um but yeah it's sort of um there is that as well so I think um I'd like to challenge that but also use it as a therapeutic way as well like you were saying a bit when with doing classes and sort of performing and being more confident with mind body and I think burlesque and boylesque is good for that absolutely um you do a lot of um, couples performances too you've you paired up with Dominus a few times to do some fantastic performances and quite really powerful ones as well again mixing like a really good positive message with sexiness and cheekiness and comedy what's that been like that that's been really good yeah it's, it's been good to collaborate um with with Dominus because um we talked a bit about it in my podcast actually um yeah which is which is really fun um so with that um it, we first performed that at um second south um with um why she do you know why she yes yeah yeah I listened to that one it, that was really fun that episode um but um yeah so um I did that that was really fun um so I'm glad why she gave that platform and then it was sort of like I think I was just starting my burlesque journey outside of the society then so it was nice to start it with um Dominus and you know one of our first performances um so that was really good um and um so that's that act sort of celebrates sort of like um you know sort of like it's quite sex positive and stuff mm. like that um in a, in a comedy way as well um and it so it sort of um celebrates male body image as well um because we're sort of like obviously by the end of the act we're sort of <laughs> just in a jock strap and stuff I don't know if you've seen pictures yeah I've seen it <laughs> and it sort of um celebrates like fetish as well like obviously sportswear and stuff like that so um and it's nice to have the chemistry as well with another male performer um and sort of celebrate that because I don't think there's there's that much of that that I've seen anyway um, yeah same I think it's really unique oh thank you yeah so um I've, there probably is but I just need to do a bit more research but um but that but I really enjoy doing it anyway and I think it can be great to collaborate with different people like like I am doing on the the podcast um I'm sure you can agree with doing this podcast like um, it's really good to collaborate creatively and hear different people's experiences and sort of create art together anyway so yeah absolutely well let's talk about your podcast then um, another creative outlet during lockdown that you start is, is your fantastic 
podcast Locks Larue's Locker Room which is one of my favorite podcasts I've been listening to tell me about that why you decided to start it you know what the thought process was yeah I'm happy to um so basically I, I was um so I did the chat show and then um I've done a few online shows so I was thinking oh I'll have a bit of a, a break now I'm sure you've probably felt this way you're like I'm gonna have a break but then an idea comes or yeah. you want to you want to speak to a guest and you're like no I'll have a break later on yeah um so I was like oh no this idea is coming I think I can't let it sit so I've just got to just you know go with it and I can have a break later um, and while there's nothing else to do I can sort of you know do it so um I was sort of while I've been developing my own style as a boylesque performer I've sort of been thinking what sort of am I passionate about and what would I like to say as a performer um so I was I was going to start doing acts related around toxic masculinity before um the lockdown happened and coronavirus but so I thought why not start this sort of what I'm passionate about via a podcast and I can sort of develop this um, so people can go back and listen to it and I can hopefully plug it at shows or when I'm out and networking in that way anyway so I'll start it now um, so I think um, mainly I was going to start it by just talking about boylesque and really just have just, just different men on it but I sort of while I was get, I'm sure you found this but while I was going along sort of creative projects can adapt can't they and change and evolve so I was thinking while I was doing it I can still talk to different guests they don't necessarily have to be boylesque performers or male um there can be different gender identities and stuff like this but we can still talk about toxic masculinity um and I'll just have whoever on who I think will be good to interview and help we can have a good conversation with so it's sort of developed into that really and obviously the main um, thing we talk about is masculinity um, and what what masculinity is really and I've sort of been researching a bit more lately as the podcast evolves talking about masculinity um, in this current series I sort of have added a bit of a snippet at the start where I sort of talk about masculinity a bit more maybe do a bit of a fact about it so I want to add make it a bit more educational as well um, whilst also hearing other people's experiences and thoughts like that so I, I really love it. it it's just it's so thoughtful and the the discussions are so interesting how are your experiences of toxic masculinity changing do you think over the years do you think things are improving or do you think they're just sort of adapting in a different way um so yeah I think um when I first um was going to do the podcast I was I was going to just base it on that all, all, all masculinity is quite toxic and stuff like that let's um view it from an angle like this but one of my first guests actually um Grizzly we actually end up talking about the positive sides of masculinity yeah so it's sometimes you can do a creative project and it can sort of um go on its head a bit and you can be like oh actually I can sort of it's sort of better actually because I think it's important to know that not all masculinity is toxic, which I was learning myself at the start when I was doing the podcast. Um, so I think it's important to address um, toxic masculinity there, like we were saying a bit, like with the media and stuff like this in male body image and um, gay male body image. Um, and it can affect not just men, it can affect, it can be quite from a misogynist angle as well, toxic masculinity. So it's quite a broad topic, as you can imagine from what I've just said. Um, but I think um, I think just talking about it and just having um, conversations helps. Like, um, so the initial idea is because it's called Locks Locker Room. It was sort of based on the idea of locker room, like my experience in a locker room or changing room, 
um, hasn't always been positive at school and stuff. And um, like people would comment on weight, throw stuff and, you know, just be a bit boisterous. So I wanted to create a podcast with that, that concept of kind of like, oh, let's let's um, turn the locker room on its head and be like, oh, imagine if like locker room conversations were like this. Some might be where, you know, people are talking openly about masculinity and, you know, about stuff like that in a positive way rather than, you know, the unhealthy environment. Does that make sense? Yeah. I, I, one of my questions was, you know, how do you look at it the other way? you know trying to keep it balanced that it's not just you know masculinity can't just be seen as negative um and I think the conversations you have are, are really interesting because it kind of sheds light on what a complex issue it is so I wonder if what your experience has been like then of social media because there's been well so many things even in the last week just about toxic behavior really um against drug performers um I wonder what has your experience of social media been a positive one is is um what you were on about sister sister? Is yes, that, um, yeah, actually, yeah. <laughs> not wanting yeah, to necessarily um, get into the drag race discussion, but oh well, I haven't read that article yet, but I am going to read it. Um, I did see that, and it's quite it's quite horrible in that sense. And I think there is this anxiety, isn't there, about um there is this anxiety about social media that like when you put stuff on, like what sort of reaction is it going to get from different angles? Really, like, well, you is there's this cancel culture as well. Like, if I say the wrong thing um um, and there's also like oh will someone like a troll like say something to me about my body image or my sexuality there's sort of there is that anxiety there even more now that with lockdown and everything particularly as a performer you're having to focus more on putting your creativity out through social media where you you have no idea necessarily who your audience is yeah that's true um because I feel like that's the best way to network at the minute as well. Like, you know, um, do online shows, meeting other performers. But it's kind of, I definitely prefer networking face-to-face because I think obviously you can misread messages or this and that. And it, you can't really, um, I guess, network in the best way. Um, but yeah, in terms of like comments and stuff, you do kind of worry, you know, will it get shadow banned and stuff like that? Because obviously there's a bit of a stigma on, um Instagram and other places to do with like burlesque and sex work and stuff like that mm. um so there's this this whole kind of worms really isn't there but I do think if we're saying it from like a, a positive angle as well I think social media has helped during this time to sort of be able to continue to do um what I want to do I guess you can agree in the way that being able to do the podcasts and um online shows and just networking that way if that makes sense yeah it's been so positive for me it's just it's been a bit of a joy just to be able to reach out to people um, and just have a chat and just sort of feel part of a community that before lockdown, I had no idea, you know, I always knew I wanted to make a podcast, but kind of lockdown's given me the opportunity to just go, oh, just contact that person and see if they'll have a chat with you. And, you know, it's kind of opened up a, a whole new world. So it's been great. Yeah, I, I've really loved listening to your podcast. And I think um, I was, I was, um, I'd heard this quote I don't know if it was about because I, I do writing as well um, and it was about people like listening to a story I don't know if it was about a podcast or writing but anyway the general gist was um, people like listening to a story so I always remember listening to one of your episodes where you asked um, Dahlia about that the filming the online show and it was really funny um, they were filming the cats by um, the so, bins 
Yeah, because they told that story, I think, because yeah. stories sort of keeping people's minds. So I think podcasts have been really good in that way because they sort of make your imagination and imagine a story and stuff. So, yeah. That, oh, that I'm glad really you enjoyed that. Well, I'm just I couldn't have a longer list of fantastic people to approach and interview. So I've um, been really, really lucky. Um, so you've been doing um, your podcast for a little while now. Sort of what are your hopes and plans for it? You, is it something you're going to carry on beyond COVID, I hope? Um, yeah so um, at the minute I'm, I'm planning on doing I'm working releasing this series at the moment that I've just done so it's the second series and then I'm planning on doing one more um, and then it's difficult really like to plan isn't it because um, obviously people I'm not saying people wouldn't do it but people are maybe more free at the minute while lockdown and stuff to record um, so I've kind of been trying to take advantage of that saying oh we're both free now let's record um, so I'm trying to get in and squeeze in another few more do you know before um before lockdown lifts if it lifts so it's kind of hard to plan around that isn't it yeah um so I'm hoping to release like that and then like I said a a bit ago I said I want to try and make it a bit more educational as I learn a bit more about masculinity and um you know toxic masculinity I did read this book lately I can show you I know the listeners um but it's called um is masculinity toxic (laughs) so um it's really good and it, it just it gives a bit of a brief history about um, masculinity and stuff um, so I've, I've been trying to read up on certain topics and stuff and obviously burlesque and and boylesque and stuff and I think as I learn more myself I can inject more into the podcast and sort of as I network I want to try and have different people on um, so that's sort of my plan if that makes sense. I think that's another reason why I enjoy it so much because your guests are fantastic but also it's nice following your journey of having these discussions with people and as kind of your approach to masculinity is sort of shaped and changing too oh thank you I'm glad you um noticed that because um I try and inject a bit of myself into it um and like talk a bit about my own performances um because it's kind of like self-help and also I sort of want to sort of um show people as well what I've been doing and but it is kind of funny because it's kind of like so at some point I might run out of um stuff to talk about about performances if we don't come out of lockdown yeah I was gonna say so performance wise what are your plans what would be the ultimate goal are you presumably after having all these fantastic discussions about masculinity it's giving you lots of ideas for acts is it um yeah so I've got I've got a few acts um lined up um that I'm really excited about I think um because now I've found more of what my niche sort of like about toxic masculinity and what I want my boy less to be I've sort of, I think that's sort of given me a clear direction, um, like with the podcast and with my acts and sort of um, stuff like that. Yeah. So hopefully I can go on to maybe even producing and stuff like that, because I kind of I do that with the Wallflower Express um, sort of from a charity angle. But it would be nice to sort of try out different skill sets, because like most people would have said, like with their the podcasts or the creative chat shows if people have been doing different skills like online shows everyone's sort of been learning different skills and covid is terrible as it is it's kind of pushed people to sort of adapt and try new skills as well like I never thought I'd be able to do a podcast because I'm not the most technical person um so I've sort of it's good that I've been able to push myself to to do it if that makes sense yeah definitely and sort of performance wise do you, are you still keeping up sort of performance at home? Are you sort of trying out ideas? I can see, sadly, listeners can't see, but you're in front of a lovely, glamorous backdrop there as well. 
Um, yeah, so um, I've got a few um, online shows coming up um, and I think a lot of them have requested to to see Valma. Um, <laughs> so that is a great favourite act, I think. Um, and then I'm planning on doing um, my Dorothy from the Wizard of Oz act at right. one of the shows as well. So I've, I've sort of actually took that opportunity to develop that act as well. Um, so add more costume elements to it, like stockings and stuff like that. Um, so it's been a good opportunity to sort of motivate me, if that makes sense, to mm. sort of be like, oh, come on, let's develop an act, a pre-existing act now, if that makes sense and stuff like that. Do you watch yourself when you're on a digital show? Do you mean like if it's pre-recorded? Yeah, if it's pre-recorded, do you watch it? <laughs> I will say I'm, I'm a bit vain. I think I will. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> yeah. that, no, that's really nice to hear because like, when I've asked other people, they say, oh, no, I couldn't. I couldn't at all. So it's really nice that you do and hopefully really enjoy it. Yeah, I think I think I try, I try to. I think because I think the more you you try and do that anyway, the more you kind of get used to it. It's kind of like I know this sounds weird because um, I do podcasts, but I talk about this in one of the episodes. I used to hate the sound of my own voice um, because like people at school used to bully me for having a high voice. So whenever I used to hear myself back on a video or I'd be like, oh, why is my voice so high and stuff like that? Um, but actually obviously being able to accept my sexuality more and listening to myself more that's kind of helped me get used to it as well oh I'm really glad so where can we find you you can find me on instagram at slux um it's all happening on there and um, there is other platforms as well like um facebook which I'm on lux and I've just um tried out twitter lux but I would um that's kind of new so I'd say instagram is probably my most exciting out of all of those um and I'm in a few online shows but you'll be able to see all that from my Instagram page so fantastic and the podcast is Lox LaRue's Locker Room which I urge you to go and listen to immediately after finishing this podcast thanks so much for chatting um I can't wait to see you in person and see you host again and uh, see you out there and see Velma in real life that would be terrific yeah I, I don't think you're ready for it but hopefully you'll <laughs> like it I'm so ready. Hi again, it's Carly. Thanks so much for listening to the show. If you want to find out more or get in touch, head over to teawithkingsandqueens.com.